Well, on Sunday afternoon, I posted some footage on my social media account, and it was of the old Border Park Greyhound and Harness Track at Tweed Heads. We often go down to Tweed Heads on a Sunday night every couple of months, stay down, come home on the Monday. It's just a beautiful part of the world. And when I posted this footage, there was a huge response. I think it's up to about 13 or 14,000 views and a lot of comments. And it did bring back a damn lot of memories for a lot of people, standard breads and greyhounds as well. So when I went there, I was surprised at a couple of things. The old Border Park site at Tweed Heads on the border, of course, Cool and Gutter Tweed Heads, not far from the beach, is it's in a little back street. Um, you'd have, we had to Google it to find it, obviously. Never knew it was there. I've been to Tweed Heads so many times. I never knew where the, the lo- location was. And when we got there, it's just a big park, big parkland. It's all fenced off. And it's quite sad to look at because you can still see parts of, you know, you can still see parts of the harness track and parts of the where the greyhound track, the shape, you can still see it um, with the patches on the grass and so on. And, and it, it did bring back... I dare say a lot of memories, as I said, for a lot of people. And it started me thinking about the history, why it closed, um, what what the future of the site is, be worth an absolute fortune. And it's just sitting there, dormant. So the perfect person to catch up with is Steve McGrath. Now, Steve's been involved in racing for a long, long time, probably longer than me. Um, and he's been with the Tweed Greyhound Club as the boss there since about 2006, Steve McGrath. So let's grab Steve on the program. And Steve, I want you to take me through the history of this this border park facility where we saw champion greyhounds and outstanding harness horses for, for so long, a couple of times a week. Good morning. Oh, my Harry Pledger and Norm Ahrens and the previous committee members found a parcel of land back in about 1965 and they put in a tender to buy it. It was owned by the Department of Defence at that stage and Lo and behold, they won that tender. I think they paid a, around about £2,500 for the land. And then they spent the next round about 10 years just getting it ready to develop both as a trotting venture and a, a greyhound venture, uh, which started in uh, early 1970s and went up until 2013, which when we closed the place down after we sold it to the Gold Coast Airport. So tell us about what took place there during the heyday when we had greyhounds and the Galaxy Series, of course, some champion greyhounds and the harness. How many meetings would be there a week? Uh, when I started, there was 53 meetings a week. And then during the latter part, I'll say the last four years, GRNSW, in their wisdom, decided to cut back not only the funding to the track, but uh, the amount of distribution we got. And we ended up back to around about 19 race meetings a week, a year, I should say. And that's um, that was part of the reason why we had to decide to sell Border Park. It became financially unviable to keep. Why did they make that decision to stop funding well, or reduce funding? Well, that's something you'd have to ask GRNSW. Mate, that was totally out of the Border Park's hands. We fought tooth and nail to keep the original dates that we had and the, the amount of funding and the amount of meetings that we had. But in their wisdom, they decided that country racing in New South Wales was going to be scaled back, so or non-TAB racing, I should say. You mentioned at one stage it was about 53 meetings a year. How many of those were greyhounds and trots? And tell me more about the facility and the crowds and the, the prize money that was on offer at, at Border Park. Uh, Steve, I can't talk too much in regards to the trots because the trots finished there, I think, in about 2001. 
and that was taken. The meetings were taken off um, Tweetheads after it was deemed by Trotting New South Wales that too much money was going over the border and not enough was staying within the region of New South Wales. So they decided to take the licence to race trotters uh, off Border Park. So it then became just purely and simply a greyhound racing track. And in my time, the 53 race meetings was there every week, like I said, up until about the last three or four years. Didn't get a lot of tab coverage at the time? Didn't get any tab coverage at the time. For the dogs, uh, there's no tab coverage. I'm pretty sure there was for the trots. And they used to have some really big turnouts on the Wednesday for the trot meetings. And there used to be regularly a few hundred people there for the dogs too on a Saturday. And like everybody knows, the Galaxy, you could get anything up to a thousand, couple of, 1,500 people there for the Galaxy weekend. When was Galaxy weekend? And what's some of your great memories of those times? Uh, Galaxy weekend was always the long weekend in June, which was based in both New South Wales and Queensland at that stage. Of course, we know that's changed now. So, and... Oh, you know, my my memories of that time are, are superb. You know, the only problem we had was we used to always, for some reason, end up with a wet wet Monday for the Galaxy final. Don't ask me why. It was the laps of the gods used to always rain on that parade. <laughs> and some so. of the champion dogs that graced the Border Park track. Oh yeah, well, geez, you can go back to the bearability, uh, springtime magic. Um, Oh, Mr. Kent, one of Michael's amateurs. I'm pretty sure Michael trained Mr. Kent. Magic Mint, it won it twice, the Galaxy. Um, oh, there was Pretty Malaka, I think, was another good one. And you had uh, Never Surrender. Oh, one of the most favourite ones, I think, was Johnny Brown, a dog called Singing the Blues. And when he won it, he actually started singing the song Singing the Blues. That was a that was a fantastic memory, that one. But, you know, there's been some very, very good yeah, dogs. Yeah, because there was a bit there. of money on offer then, wasn't there? Oh, it was the richest country carnival at those stages. At that stage, so yeah, you know, or non-TAB uh, race meeting carnival, and um, you never know. One of these days, we may may get to reinvent it. It's it's, it's a battle with um, democracy these days. So, it was a grass track. Yes, it was. Yeah, what distances did they have? You raced over four hundred and twenty meters, uh, six fifty meters, and I'm just trying to think. remember the middle distance. It's just eluded me. Uh, the middle distance was 5.30, I think it was. Okay. I know Johnny Brash yeah, used to go down. 5.20, sorry, mate, it was 5.20. 5.20, yeah. 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 I know Johnny Brash used to go down and call those galaxies. But some of the, even some of the callers that would have cut their teeth there over the years. I dare say Paul Dolan did a lot of meetings and Michael Rayner yeah. and the guys like that. and Danny uh, Ryan. Terry Spargo, yeah. I dare say, would have done the trots. And who were some of the yeah. other callers that used to service the track in those days? Do you uh, remember? No, no was, there was only, in my time, there was only Bunny Brash and um, uh, Ken, Ken, Ken. I'm trying to think of Kenny's last name. But um, And then before that, of course, you had Danny Ryan, Paul Dolan, Spargo, Michael Rona. Geez, that's going back a long time for Rona. <laughs> Michael liked because that footage I put on social. He liked it and made a comment. And I thought, I bet he was involved there at one stage calling it Michael Rona. Yeah, well, yeah. With some some of the things we used to do to poor old Dogsy and Danny when they were at racetracks too were, were a sight for sore eyes. But What I sort of thing, Steve? You can tell us now. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The last race meeting, well, I go back because, of course, my history with the Greyhounds is it was with the stewards with Greyhound Racing in Queensland. And some of the things they did to um, Paul and Danny and even poor old Bunny at the stages, you know, like 
sneaking into his into the broadcast room and putting a nugget on their binoculars, so they walked around with black eyes for the rest of the day. And, uh, we put uh, dogs, dogsy doll, and we stuck a prawn head in one eye of his of his binoculars, uh, so, so so he didn't know about it. Uh, I think the final race meeting at um, Parklands, the old Smith Street track. They dropped the blind in front of the broadcasting box as a race drop, so they, the caller couldn't see the race. Um, oh, yeah, there's some terrible things that we used to pull. I remember one day one of the one of the people, Paul had a uh, Paul Dolan had a bag that he carried everywhere with him, and he rummaged through that bag and had paperwork everywhere, but he'd always find what he wanted. And one one day at Bean Lee, they went up and they got his bag and a bit of wood, and they nailed his bag to the wooden floor. So when he picked it up, his boy bag fell to pieces. So. <laughs> We had some good memories at the Yeah, Rose, that was so. my regret. When I went there on Sunday and I was talking to a young guy walking his dog, he said, oh, apparently, he knew, he knew you looked like he was about 17 or something, but he stopped and had a chat and said, oh, mum and dad said it's been sold to the airport and it's been sitting here doing nothing. And did it sell in 2016 to the airport for about 16 and a half million or thereabouts? And it's a site, 11.4 hectares. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about right, yes. Yeah, so what would yeah, it be valued at right now, given where it is? Oh, well, at the moment, you, you wouldn't know, you know, how long's a piece of string. You just don't know what it's valued at now. But it had we to be double that, wouldn't keep, it? We would, would love to keep it, but um, the sheer fact of the matter, economics didn't allow for that. So you sell, well, you, you take it. We bought it for £2,500 and sold it for £16.5 So, But we did hang on to it for 30-odd years. So. Yeah. So I wonder so, what the know, airport are going to do with it. It's just dormant there. There's nothing there. I wonder what the future oh, is. Um, you, you, you know, that's that's a, that's a decision for us. The only problem we have with that is, being when you sell to an airport, they're not allowed to have um, any sort of gambling on land owned by an airport. So we couldn't lease it back or anything like that until such time as they needed it because they can't allow for gambling. Mm. It just so. made me sad. Well, first of all, that I never went to a meeting there when I had the opportunity. I should have gone. But just to see, you know, all like I'm sure, and that's what I think why I got such a massive reaction on social is because it brings back memories to people uh, and the fun times, as you said, that they would have had there. And apparently the bookmakers used to go up even money every runner when they were first started and, every, and they <laughs> the, let the market work it out itself. There would have been a massive... And Jason Scott mentioned this last week, the big punters that used to go there, you know? Oh, yeah. We yeah. used to have a massive turnover, especially on the... On the Wednesdays for the trots, we had a massive turnover. And we used to have back in oh, the early, you know, 2010 type era where we had massive professional punters there too, sitting at the auditorium having, having a go. Now, Steve, one of the tracks you did forget to mention that's closed down, of course, was Toowoomba, which oh, of course. I always rated... Well, I always rated as one of the best, yeah. one of the best tracks Up in Australia. Up at the showground, so. Pat O'Shea yep. called so many meetings there. Yep. Used to have some fun with Pat too. It was great fun. So, <laughs> so yeah. Steve, is there going to be another Greyhound track in that vicinity? There's been rumours for you. Someone said on social there was was there talk of Chinder or somewhere in the Tweed or in that area, Moolumbah. No, no, we've the, the club has purchased um, 33 hectares of land, about three times the size of Border Park at Chindra. Um, but now it's all down to democracy and and arguing with everybody in regards to whether they'll allow you to build a track on it. So. But we've purchased that land, and it's um, a bit like the the airport. If we don't get to have a greyhound track on it in twenty or thirty years' time, it's most likely going to be worth forty or fifty million dollars. So yeah. So whereabouts at Chindra for those that know that area is a proposed site? Uh, it's virtually behind the uh, the Department of Transport 
station that they pull the trucks up in. It's a parcel of land to the left behind there. So not far it's from the Tweed River, obviously. Yeah. No, no it's, well, it's landlocked too, so there's no roads to it. So it's got road reserves. But of course, if they allow us to build a track, then we're going to build the roads. But if they don't allow us to build the tracks, we're not going to go to the expense of building the road. So mm. when do you think you might have some news on that going forward? <laughs> like a Oh, well, you know, we we, um, we just sit back and wait. You, once you're dealing with the democracy, it's, you know, what they tell you will take two weeks to get an answer. We've got waiting at the moment for an answer on one subject that they said it'll take two weeks and we've been waiting seven months. Yeah. Your gut feel, do you think we'll see a greyhound track at Chindra one day? Uh, gut feel is still positive, yeah. Okay, lovely. Yeah. And Wondai's oh. mate, someone said Wondai's mate used to race at that old Tweed Trot track. I don't know, you remember that great pacer for the Rankies? Yeah, um, yes, it, um, I believe it did make an appearance there. Uh, I'm only going on stories from Rod Collins and everything in regards to Wondai's mate being there, yeah. So, of course, Rod was with the, the Tweed Club as a secretary for many years too, uh, prior to me and Huey Green, I think his name was, Huey Grant. Um, then, uh, and, and Rod was a big trotting fan and still is a big trotting fan and he's the current uh, chairman of the board so well there you go that's a bit of the history of the old border park facility still sitting there doing absolutely nothing you know there was talk of bunnings there at one stage i do remember that a bunnings warehouse going up or something but i think the sale fell through in 2015 and yeah yeah that's correct steve it did but um at the they they wanted to purchase half the land and we're going to move it to a smaller facility on still the same area, but the uh, sale fell through with that at the last minute, actually. Yeah, have you so. seen the plans for our new Queensland facility up at, with the three tracks up at the back of Ipswich there? Most certainly have, yes, seen them. Uh, looking very promising and very inviting for the Queenslanders. So. Yeah, Perga. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing that you'll have no well, no city class, well, no city racing. I think your closest track then is going to be most likely Perga, I should imagine. You've seen that you've lost the likes of Lawton and everything else. So. Hmm. Yeah, Beanley used to race Monday, didn't they? Lawton Monday night. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no. Well, Lawton initially was Tuesday night Tuesday, when I started. Was it? Yeah, you had Beanley Monday, Tuesday for Lawton, Wednesday for the Gold Coast, Thursday for the Gabba. So that was your main things for those days. Yeah, I remember my father dragged me up to Lawton one night. I was only a little kid. He said, "Oh, look, I've been told this dog's going to win." And um, anyway, uh, it led and then ran off on that final turn and ran second. Should have won by a hundred yards. But anyway, that's Dad's story about we drove it to Lawton anyway. <laughs> In the, in the HR Holden, I think it was in those days, a premier. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of them too. I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I kept it there. That's so. it, Steve. Thanks for telling us the story. I just wanted to know a bit of the history. Thank you. No worries, Steve. Steve, Steve McGrath there from the Tweed Coursing Association. Wouldn't it be nice if – it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying if, if the New South Wales um, administration body, uh, Greyhound Racing New South Wales and, and the Queensland Racing could work together to fund a new track, another track there at Chinder to service not only New South Wales Greyhound participants, basically Queensland as well, because it's right on the border there, Chindera. It's um, a couple of minutes or well, 10 minutes from Coolangatta and, you know, just up the road from Mawoolumbar in a great location. But anyway, that won't happen. But anyway, we may see another club there if we get through all this red tape and get some approvals going in the future. Chindera, they're not far from where that dilapidated, well, it's a parkland, uh, the old border park, but yeah. As I said, I reckon a lot of the memories would have just come flowing back to people when they saw some of that uh, footage that I posted on the weekend.